Many are getting weak. Many are failing and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kolipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's word through his special servant. And now, today's message. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, Father I, declare, I declare this morning, this morning I will hear from you. I will hear from you. I will receive from you. I will receive and, from my you. Life and my life will never be the same again. Never be the same in the name again. of Jesus Christ. Now we shout a big amen. amen. God bless you. Shake two people around you and tell them, tell them you are welcome to the house of God. I said, shake somebody and tell the person you are welcome to the house of God. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Can you take your seats in the presence of the Lord? Amen and amen. I don't know whether today some people won't have waste problems. They just want to sit down, sharp, 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 sharp. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. May God strengthen you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. That the house of God is, uh, the Bible says that is the foundation and the pillar of truth. That means that it is in the house of God that God shows us how we are supposed to live. The Bible tells us Jesus, our master and our Lord, he made one comment. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is the truth. Amen and amen. Jesus is the truth. And the Bible telling us that the house of God is the foundation and the pillar of truth. It's telling us that it is in the house of God that we experience Jesus Christ, our Lord. Glory to Jesus. This morning, may you encounter Jesus. I said, may you encounter Jesus. I said, may you encounter Jesus. Hallelujah. This month of October, the Lord gave us a word and he said, it's a month of supernatural manifestations. It's a month of supernatural manifestations. And so, it is my fervent faith that this month, God will show himself in your life in a very, uh, in a very peculiar manner in the name of Jesus. Supernatural means it is not normal. It is above normal. It is not natural. Uh, some people may even call it paranormal. It's talking about experiences that don't make sense. It's talking about experiences that science cannot explain. Um, but that is the realm that God operates in. The Bible says that for God is a spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. And he's looking for worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. And so God is a supernatural being. God is a supernatural being. So in his work in our lives, he operates from the realm of the supernatural, the realm that does not make sense to the natural mind. This month of October, may that be the experiences of God that you have in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And the supernatural can be experienced in every sphere of life. 
in your finances, in your academics, in your relationships, in your health, everything that is humanly possible, everything that is humanly available, there is a supernatural dimension to it. There's a supernatural form of it. And so God will cause you to experience that dimension in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Lift up your right hand wherever you are and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, in this month of October, may I experience supernatural manifestations in my life in the name of Jesus. Ten seconds, lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray that God will grant you a supernatural encounter. Pray that God will show himself strong in your life. Pray. Pray. Reveal yourself to us in a supernatural dimension in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Last week, Sunday, I was sharing with you on the subject, compel them, compel them, compel them. And I was, uh, my, my, my lesson was, or my message was coming from a scripture in the book of Luke chapter number 14 chapter number 14 you start reading from the verse number 16 jesus begins to unveil to us the mind of god concerning what he's doing in the end time church what god is doing now the bible tells us that uh, a certain man made a great supper and he paid many look at that he paid many look God's vision for the end time church is a vision that captures many. Do you understand me? That is why I told you last week that the centerpiece of, of, of this world in the end times should be the church. And that can only be possible when many are coming to the church. The Bible says that this great man, this certain great man who prepared a great supper, he invited many. That word bed means, bed means he invited. He called on many to be a part of this supper. God is calling many to be part of this supper. And today, if you are here, I thank God that you are here because it means, it means that you have responded to the call of God. And may that call bring value into your life in the name of Jesus Christ. He said he bed many. The Bible says that uh, when after he had paid many, he sent his, his servants to go to this many that he had called. In the Bible says that uh, he, when he sent them out, they went and uh, to those who had been called. And the Bible says some of them, oh God, began to give excuses one after the other. They said, I come for all things are now ready. That is the message of God. Is it when we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, let me just take a small diversion so that I can just explain a little about the gospel. When we talk about the gospel, sometimes we preach the message wrongly. Sometimes you go to certain churches and it's as though what people are now being told what they must do to, uh, to, 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 to merit salvation. That if you live in this way, you will make it to heaven. If you stop doing this, you stop drinking, you stop doing all this kind of thing. These are the things that will cause you to be saved. But you see, this is not what Jesus taught us. This is not, not the message that the scriptures uh, teach us. The Bible says that in the message of the gospel, it is that all things are now ready. That means that whatever you need for salvation has already been made available. 
That means that uh, you it is not something that you need to work for. It is just something that you need to receive. It is like going to a restaurant. Do you realize that at a restaurant, no matter how good a chef you are, you are not expected to go and cook, right? Are, are, are we together? How many of us have gone to a restaurant and you went to cook before? Maybe Except maybe you're a chef over here. But apart from that, the rest of us, we don't go and cook at, at restaurants. Amen and amen. When you go to a restaurant, ah, I just remembered. Uh, on the road, uh, many when I was in the Bible school, uh, on the road from... Uh, uh, a crowd to, uh, to to salt pond. Uh, you see a lot of things on the road, and one of the things you see on the road are feelings. It's a filling station. Some of the things you see are filling stations, but other times also you see chop bars. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And sometimes, depending on the time of the day, uh, you you, you get there and the place uh, maybe they've not opened up or the place is not set up. But one of the signs that shows you that things uh, you can enter and you, oh, somebody, oh, amen and amen. Hallelujah. One of the things that tell you that when you stop, your stop will be fruitful. It's a signboard that they put over there. Food is ready. Hallelujah. Food is ready. Yes, I know you have been there. If nobody has been there, you ask for you. You will surely be there. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You and I. Glory to Jesus Christ. Food is ready. So, that, that food is ready is actually an invitation that stop what you are doing and come. There's something that we have prepared for you. God is telling us in the gospel message of Jesus Christ to go and tell the world that food is ready. He said, all things are now ready. Say, everything is ready. Everything that pertains to their healing, everything that pertains to their salvation, everything that pertains to their deliverance, everything that pertains to their forgiveness and their change of story, God is telling us that it is now ready. That is what makes it the good news. In our world, since the time we were born, we have been taught that everything that you ever get that will be of value and will be of benefit to you, you have to work for it. In school, you are taught that if you are going to get a good job, which will be paying you good salary. You have to go through the academics, learn very hard, become a best student, and even that one, if by some dint of extra hard work and luck, you may get a good job that will be paying you well. So everything in life teaches us that we have to labor before we get certain things. But in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message is simple. All things are ready. Come and partake. That is what makes it sometimes difficult for people to believe. Are you telling me that even despite all my sins, all the things that I have done wrong, all I need to do is to just come to Jesus and say, I have received Jesus Christ and I'll, everything is gone. Yes, that's what the message says. Somebody was wondering, that, what about somebody who has killed somebody before? Somebody who has been a murderer, he will live a life as an armed robber and he killed many people. Would that person, is that person just supposed to lift up their hands and say that Jesus is my Lord and I'll, he'll be saved? Will he be forgiven all of these evil things that he has done? This man has tortured people. He has shed a lot of blood. Are you just telling me that just by praying that sinner's prayer, things are settled? The message is that yes, all things are now ready. All things are now ready. Meaning it does not, irrespective of whatever atrocity that you have committed, Jesus came all the way from heaven and he came to 
live a life of sinlessness. The Bible says that he was hated of men. The Bible says that he was, he was beaten. He went through all kinds of sufferings and then he died on the cross. The Bible tells us that after he had died on the cross, he went into hell. And there he went and endured all the things that pertain to our sins. The punishment of our sins. And he came back and resurrected. And brought, he came back alive and brought us the victory. So he said that all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. So all things are now ready. All things are now ready. This is the message for all eternity that we should let the people of this world know that everything is ready so jesus said now go into all the world and make disciples of all nations go and preach to them the gospel what does the word gospel means it means good news it means good news what is the good news the food is ready Food is ready. But you see, the difference between this wedding supper or this supper or this restaurant of God and the one that I'm talking about is that even though they say food is ready, if I enter there with an empty pocket, <laughs> they will tell you, either you know whether food is actually ready or not. If you enter there, you have to pay for the food that they are going to serve you. But in this food is ready that God is talking about. He's saying that come, let them come and buy without money. Let them drink without having to pay anything. Let them drink till they are satisfied. Let them eat till their matter is settled. Food is ready. They don't need any money to come and receive this salvation. That is the beauty of the gospel message that Jesus Christ has given to us. That you can be healed without having to struggle for it. That you can be delivered without having to beg and beg for it. Sometimes even we human beings, before we do certain things for our children, we want to make ah, if you become first in school this term, ah, I'll, I'll get you that game. I'll get you that game. <laughs> You merit it, right? You merit it. And you know that one sometimes Christ said, look, I'm just, you can see that I'm, I'm looking very sad because I'm remembering my story. My story. Oh, my story. <laughs> amen and amen. Oh, they promised me that if I am first in class that term, those days were the days of Briggs game. You see that? Uh, Briggs game, Nintendo and Briggs game those days. Hallelujah. Some of you probably have never seen those kind of Briggs game before. My, and those days, if you have it, you are like the star boy in the school. Everybody knows that, ah, Charlie, this guy, you, all of your friends multiply overnight. All of a sudden, everybody is your friend. Hey, 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 and then you just because you want to play some of your game. My God, me, because I didn't have any game, my friend, I have made sure I got friends who had game. Do you understand me? Yeah. So that at least I break me to what I don't get in the house. I can at least get it at school. Ah, where I can remember. You see that I, some things I'll never forget. We're at Nima Junction. Those days when I was going to school at airport. So my father would go and pass through there. And then he, uh, at the Nima Junction, we'll pass through the uh, police station, pass through Nima. And then we'll go to uh, Roman Ridge and pass through all of the things and then get to Association International School. And we stop at that junction 
and they saw how in those days they used to sell their games in the like the hawkers. They'd be selling it in the traffic. And so he saw how longingly I was looking at the guy who was holding the game and doing the selling. And then the old man, that old man, <laughs> he said, Ah, this time, if you do, I'll buy you some. I did not sleep. <laughs> But the rest of the term, it was no sleep for me. I, the way I learned, the way I studied. Ah, my God. After I, by God's grace, God was good to me. And I talked in the class. And then they gave me my report. After our, in fact, me that our day, it was not about the food. I was looking for my report card. I carried my report card. I, I was, I knew I was there. I was not in a hurry to go home. Like any other like that day. Why is this driver? Won't the driver come and pick me? I have my testimony to go and show. Share. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, you see, if you have ever had a heart broken heart before, <laughs> ah, this man like he didn't see that thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please don't cry for me. Eh? <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we human beings, if, if we, we, we tell our children to merit the good things that we do for them. But in this gospel, in this message that God has given us, he said that all things are now ready. You don't need to pay anything and he will never ever disappoint you. He will never ever disappoint you. Glory to Jesus Christ. So he said, go and tell them that all things are now ready. You see, but the amazing thing is that you see, nobody can come to God except uh, the Holy Spirit compels that person. The Bible says all of them, one after the other, began to give excuses. One person said, I have just recently married, and so I cannot come. I don't know what he was trying to tell the master. Glory to Jesus Christ. Another person said, I, I just bought uh, some uh, a land. I'm just going to watch it. How can you buy a land and you didn't go and check it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Another person said, oh, I've just recently uh, taken delivery of some houses. I said, I'm going to now prove them to see whether they are, they are animals or they are not animals. I don't know what he was trying, but that is it. When it comes to the message, the gospel message, many people give excuses. In fact, some of us who are seated over here, what it took for us to even come to church, only God knows. Don't worry. It's happened in the Bible before he came. So you are just fulfilling normal, normal things. The Bible said one by one, they all began to give excuses. Most of them lies. The Bible said the servant of the Lord went back to the man and said that this is what had happened. The Bible said he was very angry. He said, and why, why was he angry? It was so necessary for them to be at that wedding supper. Look, the salvation message is so important to God. Is faith having faith in God connects you to the power of God, but it's only soul winning that connects you to the purpose of God. Only soul winning connects you to what God is doing. Only soul winning tells that ah, you have what is on the heart of God. What is on your heart is the same as what is on the, on the heart of God. Only soul winning shows God that you are really concerned about what He's concerned about. It draws you into a kind of partnership with Him. It brings you into a kind of fellowship. You see, with faith, God can do 
anything for you. But when it comes to soul winning, God sits down with you and strategizes with you on how he can affect the world. Soul winning is the purpose of God, his agenda for these last days. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter number 2, verse number 2, it says, and it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be what? Established on the top of the mountains and all nations, how many nations? All nations shall flow unto it. Meaning God wants it to get to a time that people are not just coming to church, they are flowing to church. They are flowing. All nations are flowing where? To the mountain of the Lord's house. That is what God wants. Listen, when you are coming to church on Sunday morning, it is not just because you are a Christian. It is what God wants you to do on a Sunday morning. When you are coming to church, it is not just to come and please the one who called you and said, eh, if you don't come to church, I'll delete your number from my phone. Or No, 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 no. That is the mind of God. So if it's a Sunday morning and you are in the house and you are not going to church, God looks at you and is confused. What are you doing? He said, they shall all flow unto it. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of the mountain. God doesn't want the nations to stay in their houses. He wants them to flow to the house of God. So when you are inviting somebody to church, you are actually putting the person into alliance with what God wants that person, how God wants that person's life to be. How God wants that person's life to be. If the person says, I'm tired today, so I cannot come to church. No, it is better to come and die of tiredness in the house of God than to die in your house. Oh, I am sick, so let's push it next week. No, 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 no. Don't say okay. Don't be okay with their okay. Because anytime they are not flowing to the house of God, they are not flowing to the mountain of the Lord's house, they are in deviation from the order of God concerning his church in the end times. He said they shall flow into it. Look how he says in the verse number three. Look at what it says in the first verse number three. And so many shall go and say, Come ye, let us go out to the mountain of the Lord. To what? The house of the God of Jacob. That is what God wants. He wants us to come to his house. Why? Because it is in his house that he will teach us his ways and will walk in his path. God wants us to walk in his ways, but he has established it at his house. And he wants many to come. He wants many to come to the house of God. But how would they come unless somebody calls on them? So the one who calls on the people to come to the house of God, now is no longer somebody who is existing on his or her own. The person now is a partner of God. The person now is working with God on his agenda. What God has purpose. What is the vision of God? Now, whoever is in bringing people into that place of alignment is now in partnership with God. You are not aligned to God just on the basis of you having faith in God. Faith is the beginning. By seeing maturity, nobody can say they are mature in God or they are mature in the things of God and not be so winners and not be concerned about bringing people to the house of God. Listen, it is not a choice anymore. It is an obligation. It is an obligation. Let me show you another scripture quickly. John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15. Lift up your right hand. Say so winning. It's my personal obligation. Say I must do it. And I will do it. 
in Jesus' name. John chapter 15, verse 16. He said, the Bible says, you have not chosen me. Now, this is Jesus speaking. And he's speaking to us. Say, Jesus is speaking to me. Will you do what Jesus says? Will you do? Will you do? Oh, come on. Will you do? Because he's about to tell you something very, very important. Will you do? Many people are very selfish. They are just coming to Jesus because of what Jesus can do for them. But when you get to a certain level, it's not just about what Jesus can do for you. What I can also do for Jesus. He said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because he saw that now their hearts were beginning to align with what he, he wanted. They were not just calling him master because they wanted somebody big to follow, a big name to follow. Now they have gotten to the point where they are hearing the same things that he was hearing. And so he said, and now I call you my friends. Because a servant does not know what his master knows. But friends, I friends, I tell them what is on my heart. The Bible says that. So after he had said that, he told them, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and I have ordained you. Ordained means that this is what you are prepared for. This is why you were formed. This is your purpose of living. He said, I have what? Ordained you. Come on, read it. Let's read it together. He said, let's read it from the, the verse from the very first word. Ready? Read. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Say, I've been ordained. So ordination is not what we do when we say, oh, let's, uh, and then we put and we annoy and say, now you are called reverend. No, Jesus says that I have ordained you. I said, Jesus says, I have ordained you. You have been ordained by God. Oh, as for me, they have not called me. I have not gone to Bible school. Stop saying that. Because when you say that, then it means that you are saying, Jesus is a liar. Jesus said, I have ordained you. Say, I have ordained. I have been ordained. What does the word ordain mean? What does it mean? Consecrated. Anointed. Okay. Set apart. Okay. Called. Okay. Chosen. Okay. Anointed. Okay. Appointed. Okay. Approved. Amen and amen. Is it the rest set aside? Is it what? Let me go back to my pulpit now. Before some people sink me into mehufamarize. We have been appointed. We have been appointed. He has ordained us. Meaning he has prepared us. He has prepared us. That what should we go and do? So what have I been prepared for? Somebody may be wondering, what is my purpose on this earth? Why has God chosen me? He said he has chosen you that you should go, go and bring forth fruits. God wants you to be a fruit-bearing Christian. And, he says, and that fruit should remain. So you are supposed to bear fruit. Can I ask you a question? Ever since you became born again, Please look up at me. Don't be looking sideways so that, I, I, that I'm talking to you. I said I'm talking to you. Tell the person beside you that he's talking to you. You see, you have been telling you not anybody beside you. So when I say tell somebody beside you, then you tell anybody. Hallelujah. Look with somebody in the far distance and tell the person he's talking to you. Okay, don't tell the person beside you. Look at somebody who is far away from you. Point to that person and tell the person the pastor is talking to you. I said, point to somebody. Tell the person the man of God is talking to you. Hallelujah. Some people are very dangerous. By the time you realize it's, it's pointing, entering somebody's eyes, he's talking to you. 
<laughs> so, what am I talking to you about? He said that, that you should bear fruit. So the question, ever since you believed, what fruit have you borne? This is called my dramatic pause. And when I do the dramatic pause, I take a certain video like this. Usually, I, I'm watching the cameraman whether they will come. Uh, but I was in the wrong place. <laughs> Ever since you became born again, what fruit have you born? What fruit have you born? Let me say it in three. Oh, oh. <laughs> Usually when we go into this language dimension, we have to speak in tongues to balance ourselves. <laughs> no. Hold somebody here beside you. Ask the person about Ben Awasu. It's it's a French word. It means uh, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Demand an answer. I'm giving you 30 seconds. Talk to the person. Talk to somebody right now. Please talk to someone. Ask the person. And take an answer from that person. Don't let the person be laughing, laughing, and then not answer you. Some people are like that. When they don't want to answer, they will <laughs> and don't answer you. I said, tell the person, I want to hear. Talk to me. <laughs> like, it looks like the whole church is laughing. Hey, all of you. Abba Ben Awasu, since she became born again, and this is very serious, and I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes. He said that I have ordained you. I have ordained, I have appointed you. Look, every child of God, we have been appointed. Listen, it is not, oh, your boss is not the one who appointed you. Oh, I'm looking for appointment. I have already been appointed. Say, I've already been appointed. It's not your boss who appoints you. When you get the opportunity to go and work somewhere, it means that God wants you to go and reach the people over there. He has sent you over there. You are an ambassador, an apostle. The word apostle is from the Greek word apostle. Apostolos. Apostolos means to send, the sent one. And God is saying that I have sent you into that world. Why? Because I want you to bear fruit over there. Your fruits are supposed to look like you. From the very beginning, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter number one, when God blessed them, he said that they should be fruitful and multiply. Meaning God is interested in fruit bearing. And the fruit bearing that he's talking about is the fruit of other human beings. God has called all of us to be able to influence people and bring them to the knowledge of Christ. Bring them into the awareness of what we have believed. When you became born again and you said, oh, I believe in Jesus. Yo, I believe in Jesus. Is there another person who believes in Jesus because of your, I believe in Jesus? You must aim for that. Even if you get only one person before you die, you have lived a fruitful life. You have lived a fruitful life. Look, we are fighting for houses and cars. We will die one day and we'll leave these things behind. What value is there? What value is there? You are looking for fame. Listen to me. Oh, how many of you have been asleep before and somebody said, ah, I called you ten times and you didn't hear me. 
You didn't hear me. Why? Because when you are asleep, even no matter how powerful your name is, when you are, they are calling that name, you, it will be of no value to you because you are asleep. What about when you are dead? So, the name that you are looking for, the fame that you are looking for, oh, like I'll be a star, I'll be a, I'll be a brand, I'll be a social, ah, yeah, yeah. I'll be, listen to me, at the end of everything, it will have no value. It will have no value. It will have no value. The only value is that when it makes you feel good, why else you alive? But there's some place, a time coming, when even that feeling good cannot save you. So, what do you do with the life that you have now? Do the things that are of eternal importance. Have greater value. Have greater value. Have greater value. Have greater value. Look at the way we are fighting for houses. We are fighting for cars. We are fighting for money. We are fighting for a name. We are fighting to be brands. People are even killing people to stop them from going beyond them. Oh, you came to meet me in this company, so I will not let you become greater. People are even going for medicines against other people. Sometimes it's amazing. Even pastors are rising against pastors. But listen to me. All of these things will come to an end one day. There is a day which will come, and there will be no tomorrow to that day. When that day comes, what value would have been made from your life? There's a last day coming. Last show. How many of you have watched a very nice movie? And you're just hoping it will never end. It got to the end. And then the name started school. You still start there and watch. Hoping that maybe there's another scene that will come after that. Even that movie came to an end. Everything will come to an end. Everything will come to an end. But when it comes to an end, what will be the story of your life? What will be the story of your life? The most important testimony that you can ever give is that I was called to bear fruits. These are my fruits. Because at the end of the day, it's your fruits that will live after you. It's your fruit that will continue after you. So Sunday, what fruit are you bearing? Somebody, I'm not going to say Monday. Sunday is the name of the festival. So, if you are called Monday, it's Monday! What fruits are you bearing? What fruit are you bearing? What fruit are you bearing? These are questions you should ask yourself. And he said that the fruit are the fruit that we bring into the house of God. Tell them that let us go to the house, to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. So we must compel them. When you have to drop somebody to the house of God, don't do it casually. It's a warfare. In the verse number 23 of the Luke 14 that we have been studying, the Bible says that even after they are gone into uh, the streets uh, and the highways and the byways uh, and the one who come bring them in, the Bible says once there was still room, look around you, is there still room in this house? I said, there's still room in this house. Then means that please, there's a, I beg you, there's an instruction that God is given. Look at what it says in the verse number 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and into the hedges. Meaning he does not care where you go, but go somewhere. Tell somebody, go somewhere. Oh, I, I don't know where I'm going to. I, no, no, no. He says, I don't say that. Anywhere is okay. Oh, I, I'm praying that God will show me a revelation of where I have to go. Please close your eyes and walk somewhere and go and preach. Then invite somebody. Sometimes you can go on your phone. Sometimes you can go into your somebody's DM. Listen to me. 
Don't just go into the DM, going to borrow money or going to say, babe, you know, we are looking at no that. If all her beauty, she doesn't know Jesus, she that and she rots. Look, all the beauty, all the sleepings, every one of them, none of them's beauty will last forever. If they die, my God will eat their flesh like them. Or the, the ones that they call ugly. All of them, I'm telling you, whether it's a doctor or a pharmacist, whether it's a nurse or a mason, electrician, all of them, when they die, mark goes to eat their flesh. I said, mark goes to eat their flesh. Look at a nice person that is sitting beside you. And then just look at that person. And now, I know you are seeing my gods now. <laughs> Somebody said that now beauty is not in the, high, in the, not in the eyes of the beholder. It's in the eyes of what? The makeup artist. <laughs> and I and it is true. I don't know the verse to put to it, but it is true. Now what are they able to do with makeup now? Eh? What are you talking about? So that tells you that guys be very vigilant. Don't marry because of beauty. Don't marry because of outward beauty. I'm telling you, because outward beauty can be bought. Just pray that God will give you money. The woman, you can make her into whatever you want her to be. Just look for the inward character. Don't clap. I'll just give you something very vital that will save you. You are there. You are just looking when you see a shape. Some electricity, electricity, is it? And now they now they now it's I told everything. Some people even they know how to walk. Oh my God! And then it goes. All of those things are not of the greatest substance. Then when we are looking for marriage, please look for what is inside. Because everything else can be bought. Everything else can be bought. Oh, I like long hair. Don't worry, you can buy some. I like I like women who have who have powerful eye, eyebrows. Don't worry, you can buy. Tell it. When I say eyelashes, something does me. Something does me. You can buy that one too. I say you can buy that one too. Oh, I say you can buy that one too. Even teeth, even you can even change the, the teeth in the mouth of it. I saw a lady and she wanted to change the setup in her mouth. I said, My God, you know, uh, I, I, I like women who have full lips. That one you can buy it. I said it, or oh, is, is it not true? You can buy all those things, but what you cannot buy is a good character. What you cannot buy is somebody who can give you peace of mind. What you cannot buy is somebody who can be loyal to you. And those are the things that you should be looking for in a marriage party. Now the ladies are saying that you are spoiling the market, spoiling the market. So I mean, I should go and burn all the makeup that I want to buy. 
No, that one also has this place. But make sure that he has some good character. Because the way I'm going to be preaching to this man to look for good character, if you don't have good character in addition to ability, forget it. What do you think? Yeah, your only powerful thing about you is the size of your, of your bum bum. That's all. <laughs> no. Get some good character in there. Get some fear of God in there. Get some commitment in there. Some loyalty in there. Get some respect in there. Get some wisdom. And knowledge. Your life is getting better. I say your life is getting better. I say your life is getting better. So he says that go into the hedges and the highways. And what did he say you should do? Compel them. What does compel mean? This one is a Greek word. What? Anakazu. It means literally to entreat. It means to force. It means to compel. Push people to know the Lord. So winning is not a gentle affair. It is warfare. It is warfare. Every one of us must get involved. Every believer must serve God through soul winning. He has called us to bear fruit. Faith unites us with God in terms of his power ability. Soul winning unites us to God in terms of his purpose. It is soul winning that puts us on the same track of purpose fulfillment as God does. He that wins souls is what? Wise. Every Christian needs to be a soul winner. When you are a soul winner, you have heaven at your back end. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter number 10, verse 7, Luke chapter number 15, rather, the verse number 7 and the verse number 10, it tells us that there is joy in heaven over a single sinner that repents. So if heaven is rejoicing because of you, why do you think heaven will not respond when you, when you talk? Listen, soul winners have many angels with them. Soul winners have angels at their back and their call. So, listen, there was one man of God in who went to school in uh, Kenya, SC. He loved soul winning. And he was, he, 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 studied, he was studying pharmacy. But he would be going for missions, going for school evangelism, going to the secondary school school and preach. One day, he went for his usual school administration. He went to preach and preach and preach in the morning. He thought he had an exam in the afternoon. When he came back from the soul winning encounter, whilst he was going to the faculty, his friends, his classmates were coming away from the faculty. And one guy said, hey, you, you're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. The way you met that paper, I call you, son, you know, to mind me. I call you, son, you are not minding me. This guy, too, knows that he never went to the exam hall. When the results came, he had an A in that subject. He had an A in that subject. An angel went to write the exam for him. A soul winning. A soul winning. You want to see the supernatural breakthrough in your life? You have to be a soul winner. And then you see, that and now you'll be struggling and praying. You see, soul winners don't pray a lot before they get answers. Soul winners, people who are winning souls from their hearts. If you don't know God, you cannot be a soul winner. And it is somebody who knows God who is able to pray to God and get easy answers. Soul winners. Soul winners. Give me back that scripture, John chapter 15, verse 16. Quickly. 
John chapter 15, verse number 16. He said, that, oh, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Did you see it over there? So he said that when you are winning souls and bearing fruit that remain, whatever you ask the Father, he delivers it to you. So winners. You want, your, you want to pray sweatless prayers. Just for 200 cities. Or just for school fees. Or just for some rent. Even a rent bar after two years, it's expires. Uh, I'm fasting and prayer, Lord. I'm fasting and praying, Lord. Oh, that God, you give me accommodation. And after two years, but a soul winner, said, I ask the Father, and He gave it to you. Somebody bears fruit. Listen, the real deep part of our relationship with God is, is, is available to soul winners. You have to make up your mind clear. Today, I'm trying to convince somebody. I'm trying to convince you to make up your mind. When I came and I came to church and I came to kneel down to pray, I was just saying, Lord, give me words that will convict the heart of somebody to make a decision. That's all my prayer. From dawn, I've been praying that, Lord, I'll be able to speak a word that will convict somebody to change their mind and believe what I'm saying. That's what I've been praying. That somebody will not just live here without making a decision that I'll be involved in soul winning. You don't need to be super holy or know the Bible to be a soul winner. You just need to make a decision to agree with God. To agree with God. To agree with God. And bring joy to heaven. Let me quickly remind you of some benefits of soul winning. Number one, sound health. John chapter 15 verse 2. He said, every branch in me that beareth no fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that he may bring forth more fruit. So it means that he will purge you of all the sicknesses. He will purge you of everything that will make you weak so that you can bear more fruit. So the branch that bears fruit is made strong to bear more fruit. It's made strong to bear more fruit. When you are so winner, you will barely be complaining of headaches stomach pains, leg pains, I am down. No, 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 no. When you're a soul winner, a soul winner, no. God will purge you of gems. Number two, wisdom. Proverbs 11 verse 30, he said, he that wins souls is wise. Wisdom is available to the soul winner. Number three, supernatural prosperity. John chapter 4, 34 to 36. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of he that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye that there are four months, and then come in the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white already to harvest. Meaning he's talking about soul winning. Now look at verse 36. Look at verse 36. And he that repent receives what? Wages. So God pays the soul winner. Anybody who decides to be a soul winner, God says that you are my staff. And I'll pay you. I'll pay you. You know the work I'm doing right now is soul winning. God pays me. God pays me. Even yesterday, he paid me some. He paid me some. Somebody came from somewhere. I don't know. Let me give me my name. What what is God doing? He's paying me for the sacrifice I'm making. He pays the soul winner. He pays the soul winner. Many of us who are, some of us, you see, we are looking for employment too much, but we have employment. We have employment. If you can just believe, 
If you can just believe, God will settle our case. God will settle our case. Me, I believe, and I'm receiving the results of it. I'm receiving the results of it. So it pays. Supernatural prosperity. Number four, distinction. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. He said, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that tend many unto righteousness, they shall shine like the stars forever and ever. They will be distinct. They will be brighter than the rest. Distinction. Distinction. If you be a soul winner in your class, God can make you the head and not the tail. Distinction. Don't be too interested in what is going on in the class or at your workplace as in being interested in why God sent you there. God sent you there. Some of us, we have made too much friends of the souls that we are supposed to win. We should be seeing them as people that we need to win and disciple them. But now, they have become, hey, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Yes, in the challenge, is it challenge to bring the person to Christ? Some of us were winning souls, but we have stopped winning souls. You are backsliding. You are backsliding. You don't know. You don't know. Oh, now I pay more powerful tithes. Now I, I wear nicer clothes. Now, am I, now you, it's, 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 you should rather be increasing in soul winning. You should not replace. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. He needs you to be focused on what he's focused on. He wants somebody who is ready to make the ultimate sacrifice. He said, Lord, I lay down my life. I want to serve you. Now show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to do. Benefit also when it makes somebody make heaven rejoice. Heaven rejoice. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. I've shared that with you already. Number six, benefit of soul winning, supernatural protection. First Peter chapter 3, verse 13. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Soul winning is a good thing. Who will harm you if you are followers of that which is good? You'll be protected if you are soul winner. Number seven, God beautifies your life. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 said how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. You want your life to be beautiful. Be a soul winner. You rather than the makeup, there's a better makeup than what you are, you are thinking about. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. Number eight. Soul winning propels supernatural church growth. John chapter 4 verse 28 to 30. When Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman, just one minute before you, all, all you know, for all you know, for this church to be full, there's that one particular soul that if you talk to, that person will go and bring the whole world to, to the church. But because we have not reached that particular person, imagine all the people that Jesus preached to. It was only one simple Samaritan woman who was able to bring an entire city to Jesus. So, soul winning, it propels supernatural church growth. You want more instrumentalists? You better go out and win souls. Because somebody who can play the keyboard better than you could be on the streets and doesn't know Jesus. Somebody who can play the drums better than you. And they have to better than you so that they will leave you to go and be pastors and apostles and prophets. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. That's what cross through nine. 
Somebody who can cross the leg better than you is out there. What are you talking about? Somebody give a cup of rain to the Lord. Amen. We have to go out there. Singers, you must go out there. You want the choir to be powerful. And then when you are, you do even find space on the on the on the on the on the pulpits. You have to go and win souls. Oh, some of you are even looking for people to sponsor your your your, your gown. There's a, somebody a soul that you have to win, and God will bless that person, and the person says, Oh, I'll be sponsoring the choir. I'll be sponsoring the, the, the heart warmers. But that person is not in the church yet. You are looking for somebody to marry. That person could be a soul out there. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. Soul winning gives more sample space. <laughs> it's not funny, it is real. One of the reasons why I want more people to come to church is so that my daughters and my sons will have more people that they can choose from. And say, ah, yeah. Whether you laugh or not, I know you're laughing in your stomach. <laughs> oh, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? Look, there are some women who would have wanted to join our church, but they are saying that, oh, if I come, will I get a husband to marry me? Am I saying it too wrong? It's real, right? So, we must be so winners to propel supernatural church growth. Number nine, you become a commander of signs. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. There's a God confirming the word with them with signs and wonders. Number 10, you are free from the murder charge. If you don't win souls, you are a murderer. I said what? No, I am saying you are. <laughs> if you don't win souls, say he said if I don't win souls, hey, you won't obey them if I sign the house of God. Say if I don't win souls, according to the Bible, I said according to the Bible, I'm looking at them. I said according to the Bible, I'm a murderer. <laughs> The murderer didn't come out strong enough. Hallelujah. But you see, whether you say it or not, it is there. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. When I say to the wicked, you surely die. And God has said, every sinner will die. Every sinner will die. He has told us. We know, or we don't, we know that. Don't we know that sinners will go to hell? We know. So when I tell you that they will surely die, and you give them not warning, nor you speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. By his blood I will require at your hand. So that's the murder charge. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and, turn, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have been delivered of thy soul. You have been delivered of your soul. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ. So you are free from the murder child. And on my 11, the last benefit of soul winning, God honors the soul winner. God honors the soul winner. 
God under the soul winner. Write these seven things quickly down. Why you must make a decision to be a soul winner. Number one, it is what will matter most in eternity. Everything else is only physical. Nice clothes, a good name, a nice marriage, children, what have you. All of them are just on the earth. What will go into eternity is soul winning. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3, we've already read that. So, for all eternity. Number two, the enemy is working aggressively at expanding his kingdom. Listen, the Bible says the enemy is moving like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's, recently, I was looking at a study, study, and we look at the population census in Ghana, and Christianity looks like it has the biggest figure. But when you compare the census that was taken recently, and the, uh, and the one previously, you realize that the Muslim population is growing. And while the Muslim population is growing, Christianity seems to still be as a big figure. But then, look at what is happening. The traditionalists are reducing. Are reducing. Do you know the strategy that they are taking? They are going into the places where we are not going. Into the villages. Now, a lot of villages we go now are being populated by mosques. Even now, Kaswa is gradually becoming like a, a Muslim-dominated community. Oh, I mean, I stay at this time and very soon it's coming to you. You use your house for a mosque. And they are very aggressive. It's a system, right? It's a system. Intentionally, they are, it's intentional. And we are seated over here and we are doing it. The most powerful religion in every area that we have. According to the Quran, when they are at a place and they know their numbers are few, they should dwell at peace with them. But when they populate, meaning it's a plan to populate, then they force them, the rest, to submit to Islam. Listen, you are at risk of your own fate if you don't win souls. I'm telling you, you see, Christians, we are playing too much. It's all our concern. No, my marriage. If God doesn't give me my family, I don't want to come to church anymore. If God doesn't give me some good job, I don't want to come to church anymore. Very soon, you'll be giving up your faith. If you don't get the heart of a soul winner, don't compel them to come in. The enemy is expanding aggressively. You are in a school. You are not winning the people there for Jesus. Some of you are in places of authority. Let me tell you something. Anybody who is shy of you, a time will come, the shyness will break. Meaning that the time that you have to be able to influence the person is gone. Some of you, I wish I had done a better job with you when you, because some of you have not become very familiar with me. When I say things, but I don't think that, wow. But first, when I say, oh, you say, wow, man of God has come. Man, you know, I mean, that's better. That's better. <laughs> Are you understanding me? So, it's time. Anybody who sees you shy of you, the person is a soul that God wants you to reach. Anybody who respects you. Look at Zacchaeus. Jesus took advantage of the fact that, no, fair enough. So, he said, I've come. I've been his own soul. All strategies. Some of you girls, when the guys are coming and they say, oh, baby, 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 don't just say it. 
pastor, when you feminism. listen. No. Even if you don't like the person, is that, is that person born again? So, oh, 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 hello, hello, oh, please, meet me at Wakame's Nation Church. <laughs> we have our date in the church. Then the person will come and the person will hear the word of God and be saved. No, man. <laughs> Please, that's after that, after today, that thing is ended. Oh, I, you really like me? You, Please. Please. Some of you, that's all you do, uh, then you realize now you have four or five people that you're with. If you like one, stay to that one and stay with that one. The rest of them who keep them to the church. What are you talking about? Hey, you clap. If you don't clap, I will have, I've said it already. <laughs> I've just prophesied. I've entered somebody's phone right now. Even this morning, crowd, it was up in Shakat Baloko to Sataya. Now, look at the person begin to feel so. <laughs> I thought he was about to finish the preaching. I'll finish my preaching. <laughs> the enemy is aggressively working in expanding his kingdom. Number three, people are constantly dying and entering into eternity. Right now, as I've been preaching, over a million people have died. They have died. All of them. Where are they going? Where are they going? From the time I started preaching about 40 minutes ago, people have died. Every second, people are dying. Every second, people are dying. When they die, where are they going? Number four, angels cannot do this. Why you must make a decision? Oh, man, I'm not very powerful. Even powerful beings like angels, the Bible says they cannot do it, but God has given it to us. So angels cannot do it. Number five, God will charge you. See it. God will charge you if you don't mean so. I said what? Now God will judge you and then you are laughing and smiling. You know what judgment is like? Because you are going to hear it somewhere. So God will judge you. It's true. The whole action. Why didn't you do it? So that was your name. But Prince Dad, wonder Prince Dad, God will judge you. Rebecca, as we say, God has judged you. <laughs> destroy. Hey, today destroy, destroy. <laughs> Those of you don't come to church early, you don't know the things that happen. <laughs> Powerful. God will judge us. Number six, right? God will reward you. That's the one we like. You see that one there? God will judge you. But then also, this was God will reward you. And then the last one I want to write, why you need to make a decision. Jesus will come sooner if you preach. He said that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come. Listen to me. If all I've said, I've been trying to just convince you to do something. It's not enough. I don't know what else you want me to say again. But God wants everybody to make a decision. Next week, come with a soul to church. Maybe think you don't know how to preach the package the gospel. Then don't worry. There's a Maybe next week I'll go into it in four minutes. Well, I'll ask me to continue in this line. But there's a kind of ministry which is just inviting people. You don't necessarily need to preach to, to them. You don't have to use the scriptures and all. It's just inviting them. It's a ministry called exhortation. Those people, they are 
There are some people, everybody they invite them, people say yes. I wish I had that anointing. There are some people where nobody you have invited ever has ever come. By doing YouTube, you continue. Amen. Soon you find your level. Yeah, because maybe yours may not necessarily be inviting for yours to be teaching people. But you want to start from somewhere. So invite people. Invite people to church. Next week, come with at least one person. Tuesday, come with church. Decide that pastor, I want to join the bus. And then we'll go and park at a place on a Sunday morning and we'll load people in the area to come to we'll be there for one hour and we'll be going to a various house. Oh, yeah, the bus are bo. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, the moment back. Yeah, pan head moment back. Oh, yeah, and oh, Charlie, you're a mom, you're a mom, you're a mom, you're a mom, you're a So get involved. Exhort people. Use various strategies. Look for people who are close to you. Look for, for people who are far away from you. Make up that decision. Let me just remind you of what I gave you last week and then we are um, wrapping up. Okay, what are you supposed to do? I told you PP what? Um, PP what? And what? PPM, right. And the first P is what? First P is what? You see, they didn't listen when I was preaching last week. The first P is prayer. Prayer. Pray for the souls. Kingdom advancement prayer. Beg God for the salvation of men. So pray. Beg him prayers. You see, that's a, if you are asking for money, don't beg. But when you are asking for souls, beg God. Now God used me to, to touch somebody. Cry. So that they don't go to hell. Number five. The second piece, plan. When you are planning, ask yourself three questions. Who am I targeting? Who am I targeting? Number two, where are they? Where are their locations? So that I can go there, or you can reach them through every means. Number three, what am I to say or what am I to use? Is it my phone? Is it a car? What am I to do? What am I to use? Okay, and then number the, the M means move, go. Take an initiative. Take an initiative. So prayer, planning, and movement. Rise up to your feet right now. God has raised you up as a soul winner. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokronipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.